Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Blake Topmeyer is the USA Today SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. He's on Twitter, at B. Topmeyer Podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week. Blake... Are you ready for the game of the century of November? Yeah, it's the game of the century of this week, right? Yeah, of this month, I guess, or of this month so far. It's uh, it's it's kind of exhausting that game of the century talk, right? Like it's, it's college football's biggest game since I guess the national championship last year. It's Tennessee's biggest game since Alabama a couple weeks ago, but the stakes are higher. I think for this game in some ways for Tennessee than what the Alabama game was. I think, you know, when Tennessee played Alabama, at that point it was, can they vanquish this rival that's owned mm-hmm. them for 15 years? And then once they did that, now we're talking playoff stakes. Now we're talking get to Atlanta stakes. I mean, that, that changed the complexion of the whole season. Yeah, I mean, it really does feel like it's not a – it's not an elimination, but it's like a quarterfinal game in the sense of I think I think whoever wins this game, I don't really provided that they win the rest of the games on their schedule. I don't even think the SEC championship game matters. I think they'll be in the same spot Georgia was in last year at the title game. I think that's right. I think the only trouble you could potentially run into is if TCU and Clemson yeah. runs the table, and they're both sitting there undefeated, and then you have a Big Ten team. And then if the winner of this game were to lose to, say, Alabama in the SEC championship, then you might run into trouble. But that's a lot of that's a lot of ifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't see both Clemson and TCU running the table. I think at least one of those teams loses. I think for Georgia in this game, you know, it, this isn't an elimination game for Tennessee. For Georgia, it might be. It, you know, Georgia's sitting there three in the polls, um, in, in the college football polls, they, the, the committee obviously doesn't like their resume as much. They like their Oregon win, but it's clear they think their resume is kind of thin beyond that. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way, it's like, yeah, they got Kentucky, they have Mississippi State, but that's a chance for a couple of good wins, but not marquee wins. And so, yeah, I, I don't, it, it's not quite elimination for Georgia, but it, it feels much more like that for them than what it would be for Tennessee. Yeah, it does feel like Tennessee could have a little more margin for error, but I think the problem is, I don't know, man, I just, I, I understand, I don't know, I just keep wondering if if Tennessee can't get to that SEC title game, are they really setting themselves to be odd man looking at, odd man looking in, if you will? I, I think it depends what happens elsewhere. Um, 
you know, if, if Alabama wins the SEC championship over Georgia, then yeah, I think Tennessee is going to be the odd man out because if Alabama's the SEC champ as a one-loss team, they are in. And I don't think you could take Tennessee over Georgia if Georgia has the head-to-head against Tennessee and they won the East. So in that scenario, Tennessee's out. You know, in some of these other scenarios, you know, where albeit unlikely if there's four undefeated, Tennessee as a one-loss team would be out. Um, so I think it just kind of depends what happens elsewhere. I, I do think they still have a decent shot of getting in, even with a competitive loss. But you do need some help. You need Georgia, for starters, to win the SEC. Georgia can't lose in the SEC championship to, to Alabama, um, or, or in that case, one loss Tennessee would be out. Right. We're talking to Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. You can read him right here in the commercial appeal in Memphis. Blake, looking at the game specifically, two scenarios. Do you think or do you believe Tennessee can win a low-scoring game? Do you think, do you believe Georgia can win a high-scoring game? Uh, I guess I like Georgia's chances to win a high-scoring game more than I would like Tennessee's chances to win in a in a low scoring game. I, I think Tennessee needs to, at a minimum, get in the upper 30s, if not the 40s, to win this game. I think they have a chance to do so. Certainly. Um, my question with Georgia is, if, if they need to win a shootout, can Seth and Bennett do what Bryce Young did um, just a few weeks ago in Neyland? I mean, Bryce Young delivered one of the better individual performances in, in really recent memory by what he did in a loss in that game. I mean, had Will Reichert made that field goal at the end of the game, Alabama wins almost single-handedly due to Bryce Young. He, I don't he kept that game He kept that game from being a blowout. Like, he was really it. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, I think Tennessee was going to win in a blowout, and he was just superhuman. That's correct. And, and I, don't, I don't think Stetson Bennett can do that. I don't know if he needs to do it, though. I, I do think Georgia's defense, they're not going to stop Tennessee. Um, I do think they'll they'll put up more of a fight than what Alabama did, um, for sure. But the thing with Georgia's defense is it doesn't have the pass rush it had last year. I think Hendon Hooker is going to enjoy pass protection, and it's going to be strength on strength of you know Tennessee's complement of talented wide receivers going up against the strength of Georgia's team, which is the back end of their defense. And then you know, any team that we've seen yet, really, um, that can cover those guys and, and can deal with this team. Uh, but, you know, this is the best defense that, that Tennessee will face, no doubt. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've just talked myself into game script matters in this one because, to me, the most similar situation Georgia has been in recently is Alabama in the SEC title game and then Alabama in the national championship game. Alabama in the SEC title game was able to turn it into a track meet. I mean, remember, like, they're up two scores – and then all of a sudden, Alabama got going with Jamison Williams, all those deep shots. And then when Georgia had to keep up, we saw, like, Bennett wasn't horrible, but he made two or three key mistakes and he couldn't keep up. I think if Tennessee turns it into the track meet, I'm not sure that that Stetson can keep up. I mean, we saw last week against Florida, like, he made some, like, had, had Florida put up a, anything, like, that resembled a fight in the first half? Like, that game was going to get kind of really weird. But if it turns into the game script of the national title game, I just don't think that's – I don't think Tennessee – I don't think Tennessee's built to win that game. I think, you know, if you think back to the Alabama game, 
Tennessee came out and, and absolutely just punched Alabama in the mouth. Uh, I mean, what was the score like early in the second quarter? Like 21-7 or maybe 24-7, something like that? It, it was headed – it was like a three-score game. It was headed to blowout zone, but there was Bryce Young. I mean, he, he leads the, the rally. I think, you know, to your point, I, I don't know that Seth and Bennett is going to be able to do that if Tennessee starts like gangbusters like they did against Alabama and first out of the gate. I just – I don't know if I see that happening. I think home field advantage matters in this game. I think that was huge in the win against Alabama. I mean, we even heard Nick Saban say it. He thought, I mean, he basically said his team was intimidated. Yeah. Uh, which was surprising to hear Saban say that. It's surprising to hear that about an Alabama team. Now, I don't know that Tennessee is going to be intimidated by being at Sanford Stadium, but, I mean, Nealon's been a menace for teams this year, you know, Florida coming in there, Alabama coming in there. It, it has been the ultimate X factor anytime Tennessee has, has needed it, and they're not going to have that, you know, working in their favor. They know. And, and I've picked Georgia in this game, and I think that's part of the reason why. I think home field's worth a few points. I'd probably flip it around, and, and I'd take Tennessee in a close one if it, if it was at Neyland, because I, I do think, you know, the Neyland advantage this season in particular has been worth probably a touchdown. Yeah, the the biggest thing that we've been seeing on the road is teams that are offensive teams, they struggle to get their communication down, and so they, they're usually not as explosive. But I mean, we really haven't seen Tennessee's offense have any problems going on the road, but obviously this is a different test than, than what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, when Alabama's in town, that's 17 penalties, and, and some of that was certainly due to the environment, but yeah, Tennessee's offense, no one's been able to really figure them out. Um, you do wonder about that LSU game. Uh, you know, LSU just started that in a disastrous way, I mean, fumbling the opening kickoff. That game was over by, like, midway through the second quarter. Uh, I don't know that the result's any different if you play that one again, even in Baton Rouge. I still think Tennessee wins. Um, I do think, you know, if LSU avoids that disastrous start, maybe it doesn't quite feel like a route. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's... It, the offense is incredibly tough to stop for multiple reasons. You got, I mean, Hinton Hooker's playing as well as any quarterback in the nation. The offensive line has been very good, and they're balanced. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing people consistently forget about Tennessee is they run the ball well. Um, and, and as always with this offense, like, if you can force a couple three and out, you can start to stack the deck against Tennessee because the, the defense is average, um, and then you put the defense on the field a lot, but nobody's been able to do that really this season. And once you get the first first down and the chains start moving, that starts to factor in, they've just been impossible to stop. Okay, here's the important question. If Georgia wins, do they storm the field? Do they do they trample over the hedges? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I hope not. Because no, we, we've I, I convened a panel. Did. I don't know if you saw this. They've convened a panel in the SEC I to try and yes. to try and stop this st- field storming that's hey, been going y- on. You know what the solution in America is when you're trying to solve anything? Get a committee together. Well, get a committee. Yeah, the yeah. committee's going to stop us. Yeah. St- those things. Field stormings are like stampedes. You're not stopping that. Shy of razor sharp barbed wire. Um, no, I don't. I don't know how you're you're stopping. You that, better raise the no, hedges. You better those hedges better be taller. <laughs> you know. All bets are off in the field stormings after I was down there in Baton Rouge when LSU fans beat Ole Miss. You know, they stormed the field after it went over Ole Miss. And like, Dude, it's I the, think LSU. In 2000, I was, on the, like I, was on, yeah, I was on the field. I was at 
at 14, I was covering Ole Miss, and they stormed. The, it was so bizarre to me to see them storm the field for, after beating Ole Miss. Like, I was like, what, what, what world am I in? But at least, yeah, I think Ole Miss at that time – they were undefeated. Like what, number three or number four. They were yeah. undefeated. They had beaten Alabama and A and M, and I think it was actually the week after they just filleted Tennessee. And but uh, yeah, it was still bizarre to see. It was also the most half-hearted field storming at LSU a couple weeks ago too. I was down there on the field, cutting over to the press conference afterwards, and like they were really just kind of hanging out after that. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like this this passionate stampede. It was like. It was almost like a few people did it. It's like, okay, well, I guess we'll follow the crowd, you know? Yeah, I kind of like almost that. thought it was because the game was just, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it got the game got so anticlimactic in the fourth quarter. I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and then once they were down there, you had the overhead cameras zooming around. Yeah. And everybody wanted to take selfies. But. And then, Blake, the undercard in the SEC, as odd as that is to say, is Alabama at LSU? Um, this feels like you know, it's if I don't know if it's a statement game for Bama as much as you know. It feels like next th- these two games taken together, LSU Ole Miss is like kind of their statement of oh you better clean it, you better take care of business because we're right here for the this playoff spot. Well, I think Blake, when you say it's fair, we want to see Alabama go play well on the road, and they haven't done that this year. They haven't done it, and they still don't have a signature victory. I mean, you know, it, it was bizarre to me, and I asked Boo Corrigan, the committee chair, about this, and he gave kind of a lame answer. <laughs> but it was bizarre to me to see Alabama ranked ahead of TCU. It wasn't bizarre because it's the script day and it's Nick Saban and whatever, but based purely on resume, there's no reason for Alabama to be ranked ahead of undefeated TCU, especially when you look at the, the playoff rankings. And TCU has wins clearly values. They beat number 13, Kansas State. They beat number 18, Oklahoma State. That's two better wins than Alabama's best. Oh, it makes no sense. So, yeah, they, they need to prove themselves on the road, but they also, you know, they need a, they need a statement win. They don't, they don't have one yet, I guess. I mean, I yeah, guess I don't Texas. Know. I guess Blake, Blake you need a balanced football team to go into Fayetteville and win by three scores. All right, you need a balanced football team. That's why they're ahead of TCU. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You and the, the other thing we heard from Boo Corgan was, well, TCU's needed to win in comeback fashion. And I asked Boo this in the teleconference afterwards. I said, Boo, uh, are you honestly saying that the committee takes? scores at the end of the first quarter into account like that that factors into the rankings what the score is at the end of the first quarter we're one step away from hearing what their against the spread record is in first half plays (laughs) (laughs) we'll hear that from the committee next week yes they're they're seven and one against the spread at halftime yeah Uh, Uh, we like that they've only covered two first half lines they've needed they've needed big second halves to to end up winning those games the thing of it is i actually think the committee did a good minus the alabama factor I, I think the committee did a nice job like um you know a, a, a small example i don't know why lsu is ranked behind ole miss in both the ap and the coaches polls like they, they beat them handily in the head-to-head that makes no sense but the committee got that right lsu's ahead of of ole miss they didn't just go by record which is what the ap and the, the coaches are doing and on down the line i, I think they really did a nice job in the rankings. I, I agree with most of what they had. I think they got Tennessee right atop the polls. 
Um, I didn't really have a huge argument with Ohio State versus Georgia 2-3. I think either way is fine. Um, I mean, on down the line, I, I thought it was – you could defend almost every every ranking they had other than having Alabama ahead of TCU. That, that's the one that didn't add up. Yeah, but Alabama's got those Alabama helmets. <laughs> and Coach Saban. That's right. And they try to act like, you know, oh, we don't factor anything else in. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I'd rather they say it. Like, why don't they just say, hey, having Nick Saban on your sidelines works – worth something, uh, we do factor in the history because so many times Alabama proves themselves in the end like that. I'd rather that than you act like that had nothing to do with it, and yet still um, Alabama's ranked ahead of TCU because nobody buys it, right? Everybody knows the reason Alabama's ahead of TCU is because they're Alabama. Yeah. Right. All right, last thing before we let you go. What's Auburn going to do? I think it's a fascinating hire. Well, I, I wrote about this this week. To me, the search does not need to extend very deep. Um, I mean, I, I think you lead off with Lane, and you make Lane say no. And if Lane says no, I think you decide, who do you want between Hugh Freeze and Deion Sanders? And I think one of those guys would say, yeah. I just don't think you hired John Cohen. I don't think you hired John Cohen to hire Hugh Freeze. Well, Maybe John not. Cohen tried uh, to send his compliance staff to the NCAA hearing with Hugh Freeze. But is John Cohen making this hire? I mean, that's question. that. Uh, well, they, Blake, they said he is. He's yeah. got unilateral control. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I read like that Alan in a Green statement. John Cohen said he yeah. wouldn't take the job unless yeah. the boosters got out yeah. of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know that Hugh Freeze is near the top of their list. I think maybe he should be. Um, you know, if you're comfortable with the amount of time he's spent in the penalty box, which personally I am. I mean, I do think there's some guys that don't deserve a second chance in college football. They don't deserve a second chance coaching at this level. He's I not Art Bryles. I, I, I hate him, but right. uh, he is not Art Bryles, and I have no problem admitting that. Yeah, it, what he did was does not rise to that level, and and he's been out of the league now for five years. I mean, he has he has spent a fair amount of time in the penalty box, um, and the guy keeps winning. But okay, if Hugh's not your guy, then I still think it doesn't need to be an overcomplicated search. If Lane says no, I'm gonna tell you right you know, now, Deion, if you goes out, say yes. if you goes out and beats Arkansas this weekend on the road, there's starts, gonna be some momentum. I will say this though. A lot of teams, he's at it. He's at, I don't think he's on double secret probation. There's been a lot of jobs he's tried to get. And when they get the reports back from the old, uh, uh, not the search firms, what, 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 what the other, not the search firms, but the other ones, uh, that they use, uh, the background checks, everyone just quietly moves on. Well, you're talking about you? Yeah. I think there was also some resistance for a while from the conference office. I think it's. I know. I, th- I think that initially hurt him. I do not think that has been the case the last couple of years. I agree. At this point, I mean, what's Greg think he's really going to do? He, he can't stop. If that's who Auburn's board of trustees and president and athletic director want to hire, you can't stop him. There, there's nothing that prevents you from being able to, to stop that. Or, or there's nothing that allows yes. you to be able to stop that from happening. I don't think Hugh's going to be their guy, but again, I, I don't know that the search needs to be over overly complicated, unless you don't think Dion can do it at that level. And I do have some questions about that. I mean, I'm really intrigued by Dion as a recruiter. I'd be fascinated to see how it'd go. I think he would leave the program if it didn't work. 
with obviously a lot more talent than what Brian Harson's leaving behind. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.